Welcome to California Women Lawyers Seat at the Table podcast. I am your host, Summer C. Selleck, joined today by my very esteemed colleague and co-host, Ariel Brownell-Lee, and also joined today by the very fresh out of the womb, Logan Lee. And today we have Judge Anita Santos on the podcast. Ariel, will you fill the listeners in on some background about Judge Santos? I'd be happy to, Summer. Anita Santos is a judge of the Contra Costa Superior Court. She was appointed by Governor Edmund Brown Jr. on December 12, 2014, after serving for two years as the court's child support commissioner. After serving for two years as the court's child support commissioner. Judge Santos's grandparents immigrated to the United States from the Cape Verde Islands, which are located in the central Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Western Africa. Residents of these islands have both Portuguese and African roots. The youngest of three children, Judge Santos was born at Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines, where her father was stationed. As a child, she lived in the Philippines, Japan, and later in the Midwestern United States. She ultimately settled in Fairfield, California, where she still lives with her husband of 24 years and their four children. Given her nomadic childhood, Judge Santos is adaptable and has performed various roles in her career. After she completed her Juris Doctor at Hastings College of Law, Judge Santos worked as a police officer with the City of Concord. She then moved on to become a Deputy District Attorney in Contra Costa County, where she served for 11 years. In 2012, Judge Santos joined the Contra Costa Superior Court as the Child Support Commissioner. Welcome, Judge Santos. We're very excited to have you today. All right, well, welcome to uh, the podcast. and. And we're very happy to have you here today. And Thank you so much. I know you're, you've got a jury out. Actually, the jury's back. So, <laughs> And we have Logan here, a little baby. So that's the, the cooing and the cawing for our listeners. Special um, third co-host for the afternoon. Yeah, it's not Ariel. She hasn't reverted back to her childhood sounds. Um, but yes, thank you for being here. And I know you're a little bit busy. So we want to get down to the, to the, to the questions. So... Let's just jump right in. Yes. Talk to us about how did we get here? Why law? Okay. So, you know, I don't know how much to shorten and how much to expand on, but I'll, I'll try and give you a, a nice picture of me and my background since you insist on being interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I, I was trying to think back to when I first thought I wanted to go into the law, and I, I pointed to high school. And I remember now that in high school I was torn between being a police officer this is back in the early 80s and being uh, a, um, an attorney. At that time, it didn't really necessarily occur to me going on the bench, but it was, I was torn in my thoughts between the two. And there's no real organized path, at least back in the 80s to me, to becoming a police officer. I, I still wanted to go to college no matter which avenue I took. So um, unexpectedly, I ended up doing both, but that yeah. wasn't the plan. <laughs> um, but. I can't point it to an individual thing other than in general, I, I'm going to say my upbringing, the, you know, I was raised in the Air Force, uh, my father was a career Air Force airman, um, and uh, we lived all over the world, and so kind of order, respect for our country, respect for the rule of law was... Discipline? Was, um, discipline, but untraditional. I, I had a... Um, I don't Very. mean discipline in a negative oh, way. Okay. I, I meant like 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 rule, rules. I rules, guess is enough. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So that that's what I can the positive side of discipline. Yes. If you, you think it was the so. mix of your father's military service and you are so worldly, you've been so many places, lived so many places that drew you to the to the yeah, law. I think to the public service, justice, and to to the law. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So you started as a police officer before you went on the before you became an attorney, right? Well, actually, <laughs> where did you start? So, <laughs> bring, bring us through that, that so trajectory. I, I went. I I, I was um, 
I was an overachiever as a young adult. So oh. I graduated high school in three years. And so I thought I was going off to a four-year college um, at 16. And my mom, unbeknownst to me, said, <laughs> I'm, no. She said, no, you're not, Anita. You're going to go right up here to the junior college till you're 18. So I went to the local junior college, Solano, which is uh, in Fairfield. And then I went, transferred to Cal. Um, and then I didn't know uh, that it was not wise to apply to only one law school. So I only applied to Harvard Law again. You know what? That's amazing. Big. I like Naivete, it. but <laughs> with no backup plan. And I didn't get in. So I ended up working as a police dispatcher for a year because I had to make some money. I put myself through college. And um, then I applied to five schools and went to law school. Had a really hard struggle with the bar, which yeah. is... When Plan B came into play, okay, Ania, this isn't working like you thought it would. It's not as easy as you thought it would be. Uh, and I be went to the police academy and became a police officer. Um, and I, that was, okay, let's think of an alternative career. I had a lot of loans. At least at that time, I thought they were a lot <laughs> of uh, loans from law school. And so I had to get a career that I could pay those loans and still have a career that would be satisfying. So I became an officer after law school, um, passed the bar when I was an officer, and then I began uh, as an attorney at the DA's office. So you're working full-time as a police officer and studying for the bar? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes. Oh, and I did a whole bunch of things in between. <laughs> Waitressed, cleaned houses, tutored. Uh, yeah, I did a, a lot. Um, and dispatched. So I'll never be unemployed, I'll tell you that. No, you, you <laughs> definitely trades, it sounds like. Right. Definitely diversified, <laughs> which I like. I think that's great. That's amazing. And so how do you think your background in, in uh, law enforcement has affected your... Um, position on the bench and in law? You know, even though it wasn't the plan, it was the best thing that I could have done and in hindsight. Um, I, I totally love being an officer. Um, many a days, especially now that I'm at the age that I'm at, I wonder where I would have taken that and if I, I could, I know I could be retired by now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those uh, generation X that does not intend to work until I fall apart. Um, so, um, I forget the question. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I do too. I just but you're, you're asking me. I think you asked me how I how I got to how I got there. If being just, uh, being, being a police officer has oh. helped you on the oh, bench. Oh, absolutely. So, the one true story I share now readily. Uh, I, I share only truths now. You Good. Know, you, you evolve. We like as to you hear mature. that about from judges. <laughs> right? To be honest. Yeah. Well, we from lawyers have parts too, of but not always. We don't necessarily share, even yeah. though we're not untruthful about them. But I yeah. share everything because my goal is to inspire anyone who has a struggle uh, or who thinks they can't do it. Um, That's my new mission in life. So being a police officer um, was wonderful. I don't think I would have been hired by the district attorney's office had I not been. I think that's what, I, I wasn't in the intern crew because they tend to hire at least yes. internally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in anybody's internal group. Uh, I wasn't from the county. I had always lived, uh, well, not always, but I lived um, in Solano County where my village was, is. And um, so being a police officer got me that, to me, that interview and that job. And in my opinion, I was kind of snuck in the back door um, for the DA's office, but that's what made the difference. Uh, I believe still to this day for me. And so. I'm sorry, you were a DA in Contra Costa. You were in Contra Costa. I for apologize. 11 years. I thought yeah. it was, thought it was Solano. I uh, apologize. 11 years in in Contra Costa, um, and 11 wonderful years. I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but being a police officer and now as a judge, um, being a police officer connects me with the law enforcement that come through, the detectives that come through, um, individuals that testify. Uh, as a DA, it got me a lot of, 
what I'll call street credibility mm -hmm. with the officers, um, you know, uh, that could relate to them, what they do, what they did, work, just simple things like working nights and not, not um, being very cognizant of that when you're asking them to sit in a hallway for six hours, Wait. you know, that kind of thing, aside from the, the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but it gives you a good perspective about the lifestyle, right? Absolutely. It also gives you that one on, I, I'm just guessing, it gives you that one-on-one -on -one experience that you have with the uh, the accused, too. And yeah. so understanding where they're coming from in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, too, is because you see how they've let, gotten led to the situation yeah, that they're in, so situationally. And there's so many shades of gray. It's not black yeah. and white. And I think yeah. being a police officer and life experience, yeah. Uh, whether you're an officer, an attorney, or a judge, that makes all the difference in the world. There, there, are, there are so many <laughs> shades of gray and, and so many things that are luck, happenstance, circumstances, um, advantages and disadvantages, and I think that's really uh, helped me mature. Being an officer um, gave me some great stories, <laughs> gave me some great experiences. I had my first son when I was a police officer, uh, first son by birth. We have four kids, but I've given birth to two of those four. Um, and. I was an officer when we had our first, yeah. How old are your kids now? So the oldest is uh, my stepson, wonderful young man. He's gonna be 30 in August. The first in line that I gave birth to is our, a sailor in the Navy. He is 23 years old. Wow. The next one who's at home and just finished high school is 18. And our daughter, who we adopted, is 11. Yeah, and I only mention that because there's such a great, people look at right, me like spans I'm, the I'm, I'm a, an alien when I tell them the age span, and yes, I could be her grandmother, and she's <laughs> wonderful, and we had the three boys now, you know, so there's a, that, that, everything is a story about me, if you, if you want to know, and I think I got an interested party here. Um, <laughs> he is very interested in you, it's yes. great. Yes. So, so when you did become a, a attorney, um, and, and through that process and until now, because now you're sitting on the bench, how do you think the the um, how do you think that the women in the field have their their role has changed over the course of that period of time? Do you think that there's been any changes? Just oh gosh, you mean as attorney or as a judge or both? Well, let's start with attorneys. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say a ro I, the role has changed. I mean, attorneys are attorneys, male or yeah. female. You yeah. practice the law and you put Clearly. on your cases. Um, how do, well, first of all, we as women have become the majority yeah. over my career from when I started to now. Majority in law school, majority as attorneys, and majority in our county on the bench. Not by much. We're only one or two of, uh, up. But, but that's a big thing. But it is. It's so not in every county. Right. We're actually right. quite ahead in Contra Costa. Absolutely. And so um, just volume alone, you know, every shade of diversity, including female, including race, including economic status, including sexual status, all of that brings so much more to any profession. And so I've watched that evolve. Um, Contra Costa County is, I would think, uh, one of the more conservative counties from a legal perspective, and I'm talking criminal legal, I don't know about civil, um, compared to, for example, Alameda and San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, anyway, I, I do see that the women in the legal profession, uh, even as police officers, going back to my observations about that, it has improved in volume, improved in diversity, and in my opinion, therefore improved our output yeah. across the table. How was the diversity um, in the police force when you served as a police officer, both in race and gender? And I just want to clarify, you were with Concord, correct? Concord, yes. I and I was sure. there from, uh, I came as a dispatcher in 93, oh, wow. expecting 
um, from what I heard on, on the street and the stereotypes, not a good reception. It was received absolutely the opposite, welcoming arms, <laughs> male and female. In fact, my mentors at Concord PBE, at least the two that jumped at the chance to hire me both as a dispatcher and as a police officer, were wonderful. Uh, yeah. White males, older white males, absolutely open arms, um, and that see, that followed with my experience at Concord PD. Wow. Um, Maybe not all of my street calls, <laughs> but <laughs> at the police department, um, it did follow. Um, and so, um, and Concord is a very, di it's a diverse uh, city too. It is. I mean, and it's very changed so. a lot in the last, I mean, how long, you were there in 93. It's changed a lot since 1993 too. Oh, absolutely. So, and um, I did work as a patrol officer. I worked at what's called the Four Corners. Um, yeah. You know, what? I'm sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, you from know the, the area, you know the so area. Yeah. I'm saying yes, but our, our, our listeners so might not. Four Corners for our yeah. listeners. So I apologize. Oak Grove and Monument, where those, those two corners, that they call it Four Corners, where that intersection is, um, and, and it has a large Spanish-speaking population, mm -hmm. and I, I wasn't fluent, but I, was, I could speak conversational Spanish. Um, lots of night activity, and, and it was, for a young cop, at least for me, it was fun. Um, but yes, Concord has changed. You asked me about the diversity in the department. There were a number of women, certainly not a majority, um, but not, not, you couldn't pick us out. There were a good half dozen to a dozen. I actually don't remember how many officers there were total at the time. Um, increased over the, over the years I was there, um, and, but I was only a black female. There were two, th at one point, three other black males, um, and I'm trying to remember if there were any other women of color. <laughs> If there were, I'm having a hard time remembering them. Um, <laughs> Understandable. But, so the diversity in, in terms of uh, di ethnic diversity, that wasn't as great. Uh, but again, my, my experience with all of my fellow officers and all of my supervising officers was a positive That's positive. One. Yeah. It's good to hear. No, it was a very, it's the very same time shortly thereafter that uh, there ended up being a lawsuit, um, of which I was not part of, um, uh, based on gender treatment. But... In the Concord Police Department? In the Department? Concord Police Department yes. and others, but certainly in the Concord Police Department. And then when you transitioned and, and uh, became an attorney, <clears throat> uh, at what point on that pathway did you think, Judge? Was it, was it you something know, that you saw right away? I, I thought about it. So okay. if you ask me if I thought about it, I could say I thought about it after the first couple of years. Actively interested wasn't until I, I left in 2008, and I didn't leave to become a judge. I left because I'm a soldier. I'm the workhorse. I yeah. never pretended to be the smartest person. Still not. <laughs> but I tell everybody, you just have to work hard. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't even have to pretend to be. Um, I ask litigants all the time, what's that word mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it is what it is. Or, or I could pretend like I know and run back and Google it. Wh yeah. Whatever you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just too old for the game Better now. Better just put it out on the table right. and move forward. Um, but <laughs> uh, it wasn't until uh, I, I had left the DA's office, and I, I digress because I was my point I was making is I left because I thought being in private practice would be a way to have a little more control over my life, spend a little more time with the kids, you know, that, that dilemma of parents of balance between being a professional Work and life, being yeah. a decent parent. Yeah. Did you by any chance figure that out? Because uh, what's the, what's <laughs> well, the magic I, key? I figured out that working for the government was easier than having your own practice. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that out. Where were you six years ago? Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> right? Because uh, I went into family law and, opened, and my own 
practice and I did it for about five years and I was successful relatively speaking I wasn't wealthy but I was doing as well as I had been financially as a DA yeah uh, with of course no sick days and no benefits and <laughs> right. what about right. your vacations oh wait and never right. mind <laughs> right if you take a day off all you do is think about the money you could have made to pay that payroll or that bill yeah right, right. but there was an upside I did have more flexibility yeah I wasn't grinding out trial after trial and by the time I left I was in the heavier end of trials um you know, everything from three strikes to I tried a, a one homicide and was a, thought I was about to go on the homicide team, but I left before I got the official invitation. Yeah. The, the pinnacle of a lot of DA's careers. Yeah. Uh, but for me, having just done three years in sexual assault, it meant trial after trial after trial, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it, where you are in life and kids and all of our kids were at home still at that time and my husband's a professional and it was it was uh, one of those things well let me give this a try yeah like I said I ran back to government work and it was <laughs> when I ran back that I thought now I'm gonna try and see if I can get on the bench and timing is everything I was in my in my solo practice law office of Anita Santos on the computer and I don't even know why I had gone to the city county employment page but they were advertising for a court commissioner Mm -hmm. And it took me about three weeks to decide to apply because I had built my practice up from nothing and no knowledge base because I didn't have any family law experience um, to a successful practice where I actually had employees now. Mm -hmm. And so I was at that crossroads, you know, the quintessential crossroads. Right. And yeah. I saw the ad, talked about it with the family, even the kids, and um, it took me about three weeks to decide to apply. So I think I turned my app in two days before the deadline. Yeah. Now, when you got the commissioner position, mm -hmm. do you think that was a better work-life balance? Yes, oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> and then let me just add the caveat. It was at the time of the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, uh, unbeknownst to me, the county had laid off all of the commissioners except for one or two. Yeah. And then realized that, that they couldn't get by with as bare bones as they took yeah. it. Mm -hmm. and, but this one they had actually reduced it to a four-day work week. So believe it or not, even though it was a significant pay cut, um, the additional day off kind of was the edge that that job offer needed it. Because at, at some point in life, it's not about chasing the dollar anymore. Yeah, right. Even if you didn't, you don't inherit anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's about work-life balance and, right. and um, have having three that three-day week. And my kids still, my daughter still talks about, I remember when you had Mondays <laughs> off. That was, you know, <laughs> for a year in 2012. So seven uh, years later, she yeah. still remembers that. And so it, to, it tells me it is important if you can Do find it. a way. But that was the, the little edge that made me make that choice. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that would be uh, very enticing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. Then, and then you did that for two years. I did. I did. And then you were called upon by the, the governor. Well, I put my application <laughs> in, I, and bless, I, again, my mentors in Contra Costa County, a couple judges really encouraged me, and I'll tell you what turned the tide. Uh, it was a big dilemma. This, okay. The commissioner position or put your name in. Well, the county started talking about adding that fifth day back to the commissioner job, and then I got unofficial word that they were going to do it. So now I'm back to the five-day work week. And yeah. the dilemma, stay as a commissioner, which I love that job. Yeah. It was great. I love numbers. That's one of my little interests, playing with numbers, <laughs> versus five days on the bench. So I thought, well, if I got to work five days, I'm, I'm going to work five days. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. Um, then I might as might well put my name honor. in. And yeah. if I don't get it, it was fine. And if I got it, it was fine. So.
and you did. and you got it. I did right with so. a lot of help, a lot of help with my app and and um, you know. And um, and who helped you is if you don't who mind. Are your mentors, yeah, who yeah, are your mentors? Yeah, who are your mentors? So on the bench, I'll start with where I, the story stopped was um, when I encouraging me adamantly. There were multiples, but. Judge Good was the presiding judge at the time. Um, He's a great very man. Very good. Oh my gosh, wonderful! I am intellectually intimidated by that man. By <laughs> I, I, I'm like a you know I'm like a starstruck teen. I, I get tongue tied. He's so smart. Yeah. And he's, and he's so patient. He's so kind. So he was one. Jill Fannin. Yeah. Um, I was. She was my supervisor. Good. I'm going to call it <laughs> out, Logan. Says, good, good verb. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, this is work-life balance right here. There it is. This is I'm a trying. perfect, perfect uh, theme for this uh, episode. Okay, Fannin. Fannin's uh, great, also. Yes. She reviewed my application. She, I mean, like with the red line pencil. Yeah. Which um, is probably intimidating, also. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well. You know, kind of <laughs> when we were starting, there's not that much about me that's that interesting, and she was all over me for not putting in pages of stuff about me. <laughs> but we never find ourselves that interesting. You're much more interesting than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Dinah Becton. Yes. She was my mentor for many years, uh, and for some time from afar, just admiring her and, you know, the one that looks like me. Um, oh, gosh, Lori Brady. Oh. Um, Lori Brady, I tried my she, first criminal case in front of her as a DA. She's great, too. And she was awesome. That yeah. was back in the day when they could pull you in after a trial and tell you, you know, give you comments and feedback and, and general advice. Um, those days have changed, but ever since then, and then being the 1997, my first trial, oh. until this day, um, she's another, another mentor and woman I look up to um, professionally and personally. Um, gosh, I'm sure there's others I could name. They'll come to me. Those are. Um, it's great that you have such a solid support group in the county that you practice that oh, yeah. help you get to where you are today. Do you participate in the mentoring programs yourself to help mentor attorneys or high school students, anything like that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, gosh, I said so. There's the I forget the official name of the program. The law program uh, with Nancy Schiff on the west end of our county. Um, I volunteer with them every year. I, I coach uh, either Richmond High, El Cerrito High, or both on their mock trial. They have events. Um, I sat on panels. There was one recently at Contra Costa College. We had a diversity panel by the bar. Yes. Um, I go to high school career days, elementary school career days, and, and for me, my message is, is always you can do it. Never give up. You don't have to be that smart, you know. And I don't mean it in a in a demeaning way. I just mean it in a way of students who don't, don't count yourself out. Feel right? like they are. They absolutely are. You don't have to be the straight A four point three student to be a great lawyer and a great judge. One of the things we talked about with Judge Douglas was was quite simply that being prepared is half the battle. Absolutely. And it seems like that's a theme that you're you're kind of talking about too. It's that I, you don't have to be the yep. the valedictorian. You can Yes. show up and be prepared yes. and and maybe beat the valedictorian. Absolutely. Being, I would agree with that wholeheartedly and Chi and I are, are very good friends. We work together, overlap for many years in our careers. Um, but I agree with that. I mean, uh, and I think it's no surprise to many women and many people that uh, you need to be more prepared <laughs> and you're expected not to be prepared. Yeah. You get no passes like some may get for not reading pleadings, not knowing the case, or if you're told a case, you're not going to read it. So it becomes, it should be your own expectation. And I would agree with that assessment that ha looking the part and being prepared 
is more than half of the battle. Uh, of course, you know, do the job, but it, it absolutely. Um, and when I say looking the part, I don't mean you have to be, you know, a, a, as a woman, you don't have to be beautiful. It just means you have to be professional. You know, <clears throat> you know, come in flip flops. You, you know, wear your pants. I've been wearing pants since the '80s. Yeah, um, but that's it. Which that's I'm sure has me. been um, something that's changed also is is what you what you can you you can't wear. Absolutely. Um, I believe Judge Do Douglas talked yeah. about that uh, mm -hmm. too because she was with the the DA's office also. Absolutely. And, and I, I heard her comments <laughs> and how every one of us has that. It told you have to wear a skirt story. <laughs> I, I was one of the rebels and but my rebel was wearing a pants after I closed but the jury was still out. So it's all relative, I, right? I like that. Uh, you know, right. just squeeze it in and then it, it, over the years I, the pants came in earlier, after I earlier. rested and then the <laughs> pants came in from day one so but there were women before me that wore them before then so I'm yeah. not by any means claiming to be the only but that was the culture that's it's the one thing that always comes up in these in these talks is that when when women who we think are trailblazers are talking they always say well somebody did it before me and but it's so funny because we look to you and we're like, well, you did it. Right. And you are the trailblazers. But you're like, oh, no, I was just I was just doing me. You know, I, was, I wasn't trying to trailblaze. And mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. so funny because everybody feels that way. Yeah. But that's how change happens. But that's how change yes, happens. Exactly. And it's like right. your pants that you wore, like maybe one day could have changed, you know. Another sure. woman might have seen you wearing those pants. Absolutely. And they could have inspired. started yeah. a domino effect. And, and we amazing. all, as young people, we think. Uh, either we're, we're the first ones to think of it. I don't know. You both have kids. We talked about that off record. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when your kids don't know the songs that you grew up with and we're all annoyed, well, you know, when you have kids like I do over multiple generations, I've got the 11-year-old laughing at the 23-year-old because she doesn't know who Avenged Sevenfold are and he's annoyed and disgusted. I didn't know, you know, so it's all that cycle. I can't believe you just said Avenged Sevenfold on this podcast. You what? Are the That's my son has Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> Tattoo on it. You just Sanderson. made my little like 2003 uh, oh. heart so happy. You <laughs> <laughs> found the way right well, into there her you heart. Go. I mean, I'm not a fan, but oh, that's so amazing that's, still. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's thanks my son for that. Awesome. <laughs> and that's I, I thank kids for keeping you young. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's yeah. why I had mine. No, uh, right? <laughs> not the only reason. Right? Not the only, just a good one. Right. <laughs> That's got to keep you, you know, feeling hip. You have kids that range from 11 to 30. You can uh -huh. kind of keep your toe in. Oh, absolutely. All the different. Uh, yeah, uh, and it, it is it is affirming. Um, I'm I'm tired, but <laughs> I, you know the commercial with the little baby that throws the what was that little handheld game because it doesn't slide with. Oh, doesn't swipe. Doesn't uh, swipe. Yeah. And she throws that at her big brother. Uh -huh. Those are my kids. <laughs> that doesn't, must be. It's so interesting because things have changed so much between a, us being, I'm Ariel's around the 30 year old mark. And so to have somebody in that age range and then an 11 year old, just the change of technology, the change mm -hmm. in everything, I can't imagine having kids in that span because mm -hmm. how, like, they're different. It's a, it feels like a different whole generation. Of I have a nephew that's 12 and while I think that I am quite hip, he tells me that there are so many things that I just don't know right. what's going on and <laughs> shows me YouTube videos of things uh -huh. I've never heard of before. So okay. they, they serve to remind you how old you are, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So we talked a little bit about this already, but I want to I want to travel back to it. So you said in the police force you had some mentors. I did. Did you have any in the in the district attorney's office? Oh, of course. You want to Oh elaborate? gosh, let's see. Phyllis Franks comes to mind. She has now been retired for years. I actually happened to see her a few years back at a retirement. Um, 
Mary Knox, who's still a senior DA in the district attorney's office, one of my mentors early, early on. Uh, David Brown, who now goes by Glenn Brown, don't ask me why, he's now a defense attorney, so he, he's like the, changing your name, change, you know. change your position. He's DA and he was a DA, he was a senior DA, yeah, and he, um, <laughs> he is now a defense attorney. Um, Glenn's more of a defense attorney name. Uh, is it? Okay. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. David's uh, a very da DA name. I have to say, and I'll give a special thanks to John McTeague. I, I mentioned briefly earlier, um, John McTeague, uh, in my opinion, snuck me in the DA's office. I have no idea if he likes that I share this story now or I don't, but it is the truth, at least the truth from my perspective. Um, and uh, he waited until someone who would have never hired me was, uh, had announced retirement and was away on vacation, <laughs> called me as a police officer, offered me the job. It is my opinion he put me in the Richmond branch, um, on purpose, <laughs> and it wasn't until the senior attorneys that would ne have never hired me, it wasn't until his retirement party that I actually saw him and met him <laughs> and saw the surprise look when I introduced myself that I, this is my version, I've put this all together, and in my opinion, one of my biggest mentors was the man that was willing to do that, to give me the job, who's um, Dale Miller, and, and he's now retired, so it doesn't matter, <laughs> that I, I don't think it matters to yeah. him, but. Uh, that is a truth that I share, and I, it is absolutely true in my opinion. Um, and he's, I, I put him high on my mentor list because wow. he's another example. It just so happened he was a white male uh, of yep. a person who became what I saw as a mentor, always checked in on me, always asked me about my trials, the results, you know, gave me tips on improvement. Uh, another mentor was Dara Cashman, or is Dara Cashman, he's retired. All, you know, senior DAs that took the extra time um, to mentor me, teach me, encourage me, you know, yeah. Um, and then I had one child as a DA, that's the 18-year-old. Um, uh, gosh, I can't even remember. It was one of my mentors that had me, um, encouraged me, I went into insurance fraud, but gave me the flexibility in what was a lifetime of strings of trials to have more time mm -hmm. with my new family mm -hmm. and, and work a little bit less, and I said a little less, it was still full time, but it wasn't an 80 hour a week full time, mm -hmm. you know, um, for a couple of years to let him get started, you know. And so, yes, I have, gosh, I, I'm sure I, I wrote some mentors' names down just cause I would, so I wouldn't forget any of the NIC. I haven't even mentioned the early ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, okay. So, yes. <laughs> no, it's wonderful, though, that you have such a robust list of people that have helped you. So, I think the one theme that we really see with all of our guests is, it takes a village to Absolutely. help you get where you're going. And yeah. it's important to turn back around on that ladder and help the next generation come up behind you. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter who, uh, it's, it's shocking who helps you in a lot of ways sometimes. Yeah. you, it, And we always hear the same thing. It was an, an older white man or an older man and you're just like, yeah, that we need allies in every single right. department of everything. You know, yeah. it, you have to Absolutely. you have to take help where you can get it. So absolutely. And so, you do think mentorship from the bench is important now? Oh, or? absolutely, I do. And then, how do you how do you do that? Because it's it's hard to have a relationship yeah. as a judge it is. with. Well, one thing that helps are when there are structured programs, so you're not seen as being favorites or right. handpicking. Um, and so you, so there are structured mentorship programs. Mm -hmm. uh, we also in Contra Costa County, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we do summer interns um, in, for law students. Yeah. And Claire Mayer, Judge Claire Mayer, mm -hmm. organizes that, and she's done it for all the years that I've known about it. Um, 
but that's a wonderful way um, to either continue or start mentorships. Anybody that is interested in the bench, I do seek out individuals, and especially attorneys, when I see quality work that I think, yeah. for me, translates to, oh, we need you, you yeah. know? Not you need us. Yeah. We need you, because er the world needs to realize that judges um, are people just like you and you and everybody else. Um, we have this cloak that is part history and part self-imposed and part real, um, and this distance that is mandated by the code of ethics, but there are avenues around that, like internships and mentorships, I have, uh, right now, I have a high school young lady who found me and decided I was going to be her mentor. And, and I have to put limits on it, but I've welcomed her. And, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and that's the kind of, I, I call it old school, you know, um, mentoring. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she happened to run into somebody who knew me and, and just didn't let it go. Um, and that's how you yeah. become to everything. Yeah. 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 She, she was very ambitious, and, and, I, and I tell her that. Um, and I tell her how uh, pleased I am to see that she has that much drive and ambition and, and, and tenacity. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but let's see. So there's, there are formal programs through the county. Um, and I can't think of how else I and I'm, ga I'm gathering just by knowing sort of your personality and the county that you come from that you also mentor other newer judges. And, I'm gathering that's kind I of I try the, to, the deal, yeah. yeah. Um, the, there are 38, I think, of us now. 38, uh, we're at full capacity. I think so, too. And um, I can't, well, the, the one I was mentoring got appointed in Solano County. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I, I can't say mentoring, I should say help. Yeah. Helping with, with any way, in any way I could to make sure that the governor's office knew what quality a judicial officer she was. Um, but yes, I, I do reach out to the younger new ones, offer whatever support I can. Um, and if there's anyone in particular that uh, either is responsive or I think I could help more, I, I, I make those offers. Yes, ma'am. I, I appreciate you calling me ma'am. Please don't do that, though. Oh. <laughs> it's the scariest thing in the world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> I'll do it again, though. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about being a judge versus being a commissioner. What are the main differences in terms of your workload? Sure. Do you know that like nobody understands the difference? Oh, okay. So, yeah. so I mean, I do, okay. and she does, because yeah. we've had right. this, but most and people don't. So a commissioner is works technically and legally works for the county. Judges hire commissioners, specifically the presiding judge. But uh, you work as a commissioner. You work for the county. You're what's called a subordinate ju judicial officer. You're not appointed. Um, and so um, you, you get, by statute, you get 85% pay, just, so, just as a side note. You oh. don't get the same pay as, a, as an appointed judicial officer. You're not elected. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have specific roles. Now, counties, I've heard different counties do different things. But um, in, in Contra Costa County, we now have three commissioners, and they have very specific assignments. Um, there is the... Um, Federal, there is the what's called AB 1058 Child Support Commissioner. Uh -huh. I mean, that's what I did. That's what you did, right? Yeah. Um, there's the Child Support Commissioner, and that person is limited by statute because you're partially funded by federal government uh, to child support cases through the Department of Child Support Services. So that's easy, that to me. Okay. But that's your job, and you work. The attorneys for for the Department of Child Support Services are staffed in your department. Okay. So you have. It, it, 
a staff of attorneys, administrative people, as well as your bailiff and your court reporter. Soldiers. Yes, and you're the bring it, bring leader it full king of that domain. <laughs> bring okay. it full circle back around for everybody. <laughs> but nothing else. You okay. Don't, you, don't, you don't do anything else. Now, the other two commissioners, um, they do the same role. In, in Contra Costa County, that's traffic. Uh-huh. Um, that's actually, there's... There's a third that does just does traffic, but two that do traffic, unlawful detainers, small claims, and civil harassment and restraining order requests. And that's their role. And they are sit in Richmond, or Walnut Creek, um, or Pittsburgh, our branch courts. And two of the three rotate, you know, spend the morning in either Pittsburgh and Richmond or Walnut Creek, Richmond, so there's some rotation. But those are their limited duties. They don't sit on any other calendar in our in our court. Now, I know from meeting other judges from all over the state throughout trainings and things that we have that, that other counties use commissioners in other roles. Hmm. For example, we used to have a discovery commissioner for civil cases. Yeah. That, when, when the uh, financial bust went bust, that was one of the eliminated positions. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else. I know there were there was more than one traffic commissioner. Yeah, and I, 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 I the names are escaping me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah. But yeah, there used to be I a. There's like a dozen commissioners. There was at, a at the lot more. Point. Yeah, um, and now we're down to the four. But I know that the discovery commissioner was is a position that is really missed by a lot of people. Oh, absolutely, I have no doubt. Yeah. My Just, family law has a small overlap with, with the civil component, and discovery is one of them. I shouldn't say small. It's actually quite large. <laughs> um, and it is a skill that um, can't be readily and quickly picked up. Let's say that. I wish I'd had a discovery commissioner on some of the family law cases when I sat in family law. Yeah. Hopefully the budget will one day expand again and we can get those back. Yeah. So that's, uh, hopefully that helps you understand the difference. Yes. Yes. I absolutely do. But at one point we were using commissioners also to do parole revocation hearings. I, I don't think that's the case at the moment, but it's something I don't believe it we is did. Either. When I was a commissioner, I would sit on that uh, on occasion um, and cover that calendar. It's just so interesting that you've really had a role in almost every aspect of our criminal justice system that you can talk so knowledgeably about, you know, being on the street, being a dispatcher, being everything yeah. from the commissioner to the judge. Um, is there anything that's next for you beyond being a judge? Are you looking to go? Well, I, I can tell you I have zero aspirations to go to the Court of Appeal or the Supreme Court. Okay. That's, those are, that's for the intellects. Remember <laughs> my, my, my feeling. Um, also, at this age, I, I am... I'm, I'm, in my opinion, on the downside of my career in the sense of, I honestly mean I don't wish to work until the wheels fall off. <laughs> I want to enjoy, I've been working since I was, well, depends on how far back you want to go, we'll say um, since a teenager. Uh, and, and have worked, I think, very hard and, and very successfully, but I'm not trying to go to 65 or 70, just. Do you have a retirement date in mind? I don't have a date certain. I, I do have committed myself from when I first, uh, became a professional as an officer as to not being one of those people waiting to retire. Not mm -hmm. being, I don't want to be bitter, I don't want to be angry, I don't want to be one of those sullen people who takes it out on those that appear right. before <laughs> you. I want to leave on a high note. Uh, you know, I'm the, the basketball star that wants to leave as a star. Yeah, uh, as a, you know, the television uh, show that goes out on top, right. Right. on top, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so, from a from my own personal mental state, that's that's my goal. I don't have a date in mind. I still love what I do. I'm now on the felony trial team, and I absolutely love that assignment um, because 
we don't just do felonies. I, I literally, the jury that I mentioned I have out is a misdemeanor DUI. But I love the variety. I, and nothing is beneath me because I'll, I'll do a traffic case if it's assigned to me. Yeah. But um, I love that it's sprinkled and that what I do with my time now is valuable. It is important. It is worth my time. Mm -hmm. Not that anything isn't, but that's the place in life I am. I'm uh, 53 years old and and struggled long enough, overcame the, at least the financial struggle. We all struggle with our own demons and our own lives. But at a place where life is good and as long as I'm enjoying it and I'm feeling respected and I can give respect back, mm -hmm. even when I don't want to, <laughs> then <laughs> I'll stay. It's when hard. I, when I can't do that anymore, I don't want to do it anymore, then I'll go. Yeah. So. That's great. That's great. You, you know, kind of the moment, even though you don't know when it'll be, you know what it'll be. So You'll have really that feeling. Good. Yeah, it feels good to be here. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. It's a nice way to look at it too. And you'll miss it, but I'm sure it'll be nice to spend time with your family. Oh, absolutely. And I don't. When I say retire, I I intend if they'll let me to sit on assignment. Yeah. I just, it's the five-day grind that gets right. to be yeah. like, okay, I'm having enough of this. <laughs> yeah. Know? When you said retire, I could I could see a little gleam in your eye where I was like, she's not really retiring. <laughs> Hell no. She's oh, pretending. She's right. pretending to retire. Right. Exactly. She's going to like go down to three days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's retiring to me. It's, it's all relative, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so great. It speaks to you. You love what you do. We see bailiffs yeah. in the courthouse, too. I'm like, aren't you retired? He's like, of course I'm retired, yeah. but I'm here, right. and I can take whatever vacation I want. It's right. the best job assignment ever. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. I They're look happy. forward to that. I'm ready for that. <laughs> I know. We're a little too early to be right? looking forward to that, though, Ariel. Sorry. Yeah. I have to have a goal. Right? Keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, though. We're, we're in this probably till the wheels fall off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're trying to get back to before your jury comes back, so if we can just ask you one more question that we like to ask, ask everyone. What is there that you tell yourself, a mantra? to get yourself through the day, the week, the month, the years, whatever it is, what keeps you going? You know, you, you, I'm glad you asked me that, because I... <laughs> and I'm trying to see someone's answer, <laughs> right, I'm like, right. I just want to let, I want to also let you know, you are the only, I think, the only person who has ever brought, we, we do have some questions that we usually ask, you're the only person who has ever brought notes. And I appreciate it, I'm trying to read them <laughs> Which go, down just and I can't. truly goes back to your being prepared, which oh. I just love, it's just, it's just amazing, so. You know, I, uh, thank you, yeah. okay, thank you. Um, I, I, I get so wound up sometimes in trying to answer and answer thoroughly, and honestly, I forget what I really wanted to impart to anybody who's willing to listen. Well, here and it is. So my mantras, um, number one, I told you about uh, you, one of my biggest struggles was the bar. That almost crushed me as a, as a professional, as a woman, as a person. And I remember when I was, I, I can't say lost, but down in that struggle, and then I beca became a police officer, and my mantra that I've taken from that is never give up. Um, it, it means nothing, it means so much more to you than it means to the rest of the world, uh, unless they're immature. You know, when you're fresh out of law school, you're immaturing and think it's important about where you went to school, what your grade point average was. I know now it matters not. Mm -hmm. I know the judges that went to Harvard are, are some are, are not good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so, you know, and, not, and I don't mean to use that as, as an example. Um, but never give up is a mantra that I tell my kids. Change is good. I grew up a nomad because I was Air Force, so we lived in you know Philippines, Japan, all over the world. That's what I knew when I when my father retired and we settled, and I met kid after kid that was born and raised in the same place. I was like, oh my God, this what kind of life is that, right? Yeah, it, it's all relative. So yeah. for me, having had all the careers I had, it, I look back now and I think it's consistent with that nomadic type of childhood where change was expected and change wasn't to be feared. It was 
good, yeah. challenging. Um, so I tell my kids that change is good. Um, find your happy, you know, that's what I tell. It doesn't matter if you're male, you're female, a parent or not a parent, find your happy. And being successful professionally is part of happy if that's what you want. But for me, if you ask me the most important thing I've done, it's my family. I was gonna ask you that too, actually. Absolutely, yeah. it's, it's my family. And it's all tied together. Yeah. But it's the fact that, and I, and I tell especially young professional women, you can have it all. You just have to surround yourself with that village. <laughs> you know, because I hear women after women, my mom, my dad, my can't have it all. I'm like, why can't you? Stop telling yourself that because you've already defeated yourself if you feel that way. Yeah, you might have to give up the, you know, the, the lattes for the child care. You might have to work at night at 3 a.m., but you can. Um, yeah. You know, if, you, if you're in the wrong relationship, then change it. And you know it. You know, I don't mean to offend anybody, but change is good if right. it's not working. you got one life, and, and I'm not one of the individuals that believes you get reincarnated over and over. If you do, let that next life be happy too, but let this life be happy. Yeah, right? Don't waste a life if you're you do. Right. <laughs> if you got you more know, than one. I wrote that, so find your happy. Don't be afraid um, <laughs> to let go, and that means of anything that is taking away from your long-term happy. Not short-term happy, your long-term happy. Um, I, you know, it's just personal stuff, but I, I've been made, this is my second marriage. This is, tw we're at 24 years now. Uh, but my point in mentioning that is I had to let go, contrary to some more traditional advice, you know, and it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. So those are my mantras. I pass them on to my kids. I tell them to anybody that will listen. Um, that's, that's, that's my thing. And, and, you know, now that I'm at the age that I'm at and I, I, I just lost both my parents and I realize your mortality becomes more and more visible to you as you age, and you realize that, okay, I mean, at this point, I'm hoping for 30, maybe 40 more more years, but that's less than I have behind me. So keeping my happy is, is my goal. If, yeah, if you're not happy now, then when? Right. <laughs> if you're happy now, don't expect in the future. Right. I love your mantras. I wish that they were framed and hung in all the family law hallways. <laughs> I wish I they were framed and hung in all of the hallways right? of all of the courtrooms. <laughs> they just, I think, could really improve litigants' lives if they could see the... Yeah. The big picture like yeah. that. That's okay. fantastic. Yeah. I have to say, you have such an effervescent personality, and you're such a pleasure to talk to. Yes, and we really I agree. appreciate you being here. Thank you. You're also wonderful to um, to stand before when you're on the bench. You have a very positive oh, um, uh, <laughs> presence on the bench, so that's, that's I, good too. Know, thank you for saying that. I, yeah. Sometimes I worry incessantly about not being polite enough, not being respectful enough. No, and sometimes are. it just wears on you, and you get, I can feel when my impatience comes out. And I'm just you like, were a DCSS commissioner when I started practicing in Contra Costa, and I remember the first time I went in. I don't know if you remember me, but I remember you, uh, and it was such a lovely experience. I was a little intimidated. I had never gone to DCSS court, and it was just, it was great. Nope, You're very thank approachable you. and, thank you. and <laughs> yeah. enjoyable yeah. to have yeah. a conversation with. Yeah, I, that's the sentiment of the county yeah. that we're thank in for you. you so, so God, stop. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Um, we hope you. that you have a wonderful weekend, and we hope that we can have you back sometime. Yeah, thank we you can get a. Me. It has been my honor. I really. No, this glad is, you're interested enough to hear. This has Absolutely. been great. I'd love to hear more, but I know that you have to go, so we will let you. But thank you again for being on the podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank Take you. the shake hands. <laughs> I give you hugs. Yes, we'll oh. give hugs. All right, thank you. Okay.